Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that we opened your word. So please bring our hearts in your presence. Help us to listen and also live by your word. In your precious name, amen. Let me start with a question today. What do you do when you are driving and you see an ambulance coming along the road with its siren blaring? I'm sure you will move out of the way so that the ambulance can pass by. Make way for the ambulance. That's the reaction we would usually expect. In our journey of growing in our relationship with God, that's also an illustration of what many believers expect when they put their trust in God. Sometimes they consider trusting God is like being in an ambulance and that every trouble should not move out of the way. I put my trust in God. I'm a Christian now. No bad things can happen to me. I can bypass troubles and they won't even slow me down. These may be their silent sounds. And Psalm 91 may be a favorite piece of scripture because the variety of images that are used in the psalm appear to support the idea that when we trust God, our life will be free of troubles and difficulties. But you know what problems are, right? They are part of the reality we face every day. As we know from experience, our lives are not perfect. You may have a physical affliction in your body. Maybe you are facing a difficult financial situation, while your marriage isn't as you would like it to be. Perhaps uh, it's uh, far from ideal, even not at all happy. Maybe you have an issue to do with your kids or some other situation in the home. And you might be struggling with something that's going on at work. Whatever it is, Remember, God knows that the journey of life is not always easy. For example, how often do we have to deal with difficulties? How often do we feel powerless when faced with situations that seem to have no possibility of happy outcome? How often do we wish to turn to someone who can help us in those situations that seem impossible to resolve. It's not only in our own lives. We also see the Bible is full of stories and laments of people who suffer pain and sorrow. In that context, Psalm 91 makes perfect sense. Psalm 91 is about 
trust in God. It's about our safety and security and what it means to keep depending on God in times of trouble. Have a look at the first two verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The message is pretty clear. The psalmist expresses beautifully how he lives. He lives in the shadow of the Almighty, which means under the reign of God. The psalmist clearly means that his assurance of safety and security comes from God and not from anything or anyone else. Can you see four different designations for God here? The Most High, the Almighty, the Lord, and finally, God. They reveal who God is and how it is that our powerful God can give promises of security. The psalmist crystallizes that there is safety in God's presence. There is protection for those who are close to God. The dwelling place of the psalmist is contrasted to the world that with all its chaos and danger. It's a place made known to all who trust in God. The psalmist displays great confidence about any circumstance life can bring. So he is able to state boldly in verse 10, no harm will befall you. And, that, and then claim various promises from God in verses 5 to 6 and 10. He declares, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. As you have probably noticed, these verses seem to promise that nothing bad will ever happen to believers. If we trust God, we won't be snared, won't get a disease, won't fall in battle, won't experience evil, and won't lose tentmates to the plague. In fact, we are told we won't even stuff our toes against a stone. If you are really, really trusting God, nothing bad will happen to you. Is that the level of protection that you understand that you have been promised by God? Do you think this psalm confirms this? If you think that's true, you need to admit the reverse is also true, that if something bad happens to you, then it must mean you are not trusting in God enough. And so the stress of your life are somehow your own fault. 
This is the result when we misunderstand Psalm 91 and apply it wrongly. Interestingly, Satan thought encouraging this false understanding would serve his purposes when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness using verses 11 and 12 from this psalm. Have a look at Luke 4, verses 9 to 12. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. Then will lift you up <clears throat> in their hands <clears throat> so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What's wrong uh, with this? It is natural for Jesus to expect that God will keep him safe. Could there be better protection plan? But Jesus rebuked Satan's seductive use of the verses. I don't know if you realize it, but the way most commentators understand these verses is that the devil wanted Jesus to change his direction and avoid the suffering of the cross. Thus, Satan whispered to Jesus that suffering is not God's way. It's a, one of Satan's slogans, a life without suffering is a good life. If God was good, he wouldn't let his son suffer. But Satan misapplied God's word and was not speaking the truth about God. In the same way, the devil still wants us to think that God's promises have failed if he lets us suffer. And that's also the most common reasons given by people of this world as to why they don't believe in God. If God exists, if he truly is God, if he is good and kind and powerful, why is the world such a messed up place? Let me tell you a story. A couple of years ago, I met a friend who had traveled to Sydney from Korea. He was no longer a Christian, sadly. And when I was sharing about how good God was to me, he suddenly interrupted. Then he argued that if God was good, how could so many terrible things happen in the world? He continued to relate how his best friend, who was a good Christian, died from cancer in his early 30s. That would be a classic argument of unbelievers. If you have had a conversation with non-Christian friends about God, you may have had a similar experience. People believe the devil's lie that a good God would stop all suffering. However, the Christian God is the only God 
who himself suffered for human beings. So instead of following Satan's use of Psalm 91, Jesus embraced the path of suffering. In fact, Jesus' suffering started the first day of his life. Think about it. The Son of God was born in a humble manger without anyone noticing. His experience of difficulties continued throughout his life. He was despised, hated, and rejected. He had no place to call home. Jesus' pain and struggles, though, were greatest at the end of his life. He was mocked, spat on, deserted by his disciples, and ultimately crucified. He died alone, carrying our sin to save us. Jesus proved that suffering is also God's way. There is much deeper issue to be considered, but let me concentrate on a simple lesson today. God's promise to save us is unchanging. Whether it's a good time or it's a bad time, it's unchanging. And our strength for a daily walk of faith is deeply rooted in that promise. Even when terrible storms of life besiege us, we should know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't fear. Thanks to Jesus Christ, our salvation is always firm and secure, for God has promised. So the point of this psalm is making is not that if we really, really trusting in God, our lives will be smooth and easy. The Bible does not, the Bible does not ignore suffering. And from the garden in Genesis to the final battle in Revelation, God's people are seen to struggle. In our own situations, we can find that threats may not pass us by and we may not feel protected at all. However, the psalmist clarifies that God will save us in our trouble, not from it. It doesn't say the believer will never face difficulties, but that the Lord will deliver him from it. Have a look at verse 15. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. We can see that God gives us four practical promises here. He will rescue and protect us, answer our prayers, and be by our side in trouble. And then he will give us honor or ritually glory. So Psalm 91 is full of the confidence that we should indeed keep trusting God. As one commentator pointed out, the last three verses of the psalm are truly a box where switch compacted life. So it's a collection of switch for the real world as we all we as we all live in. And there is one more thing. In the first four 
verses, we can see two contrasting metaphors for God's protection. So a fortress filled with shields and ramparts, and a mother bird gathering her brood underneath her wings. So have a look at verse 2 and 4. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So these two different metaphors show two ways God protects believers. As you know, on one hand, the image of fortress makes us think of walls of impregnable strength. On the other hand, the mother bird shelters its chicks with wings that are essentially fragile. So we see this impervious strength and loving weakness were combined in Jesus on the cross. There, on the cross, we see God's absolute righteous power and his tender sacrificial love combined and shine forth brilliantly, both equally fulfilled in Jesus. So we can summarize that the psalm is not saying that those who trust the Lord have no trouble in life. The tension we face in life is that even though we may dwell in the shelter of the Most High and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, we still have to deal with troubles and daily struggles and even deadly diseases and terrorizing attacks at times. The psalmist speaks honestly about the challenges of life and understands that this world is filled with uncertainties and yet there is still a place of safety. We can go up against giants and have to flee for our lives from dangerous enemies and still we can be in a secure place with the Almighty. As we wrap up, there are three things you and I need to think about. First, we shouldn't trust God with the expectation of thereby avoiding any afflictions, but rather trust God with the full assurance that he is always with us in troubled times. God's promise is not that we will move through life with pain and tragedy magically moving out of the way, but that ultimately nothing can separate us from the reach of our Father's arms, from his love and salvation. So with the psalmist, we can finally and confidently proclaim, I will dwell in the shelter of the Most High and rest the shadow of the Almighty. Second, we don't need to fear, and that is not because the reasons to be fearful have been removed, but because we trust God. We need to keep trusting God when our heart is breaking through disappointment 
or suffering. That is what's needed. That is what will bring hope for our troubled hearts. A trouble does not need to have the final word. Trust Jesus, who has given his life to secure for us an eternal home, and who offers hope for our troubled hearts today. Third, we have to recognize that no disaster or situation, however terrible, can destroy our eternal life with God. The only things faithful people can lose in suffering are those, at, are those that are finally expendable, so which are built on appearance, social status, and human approval. Even when our actual lives are threatened, we can be sure that it is only our time on earth that will be shorted. But our eternity with Christ is never at risk. In other words, none of those things can harm our true eternal identity in Christ. I know we see that the dangers are just as real, but while we may have to endure them, we can cling to God's promises. Jesus said that, Jesus said not to fear those who try to destroy us, but to fear God who knows and cares for us completely. Now, friends, are you experiencing trouble in your life or facing the seeming unreality of God's protection? Does that make it harder for you to trust in God? No matter where we live or what kind of life situation we are going through, God is our help in every kind of trouble. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. The Lord's goodness and care are most clearly displayed in Jesus, God's Son. So he is the one who said, In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our true protection by your presence. It's not always easy to trust you in a world full of trouble but help us to strengthen each other as we trust in you. When difficult times and circumstances come, we can always feel safe in your love and protection. Help us keep trusting only you. In your precious name, amen.